Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Take the Cake, and welcome back to another episode. Okay, I'm super excited because we're talking digestion yet again. One of my personal favorite subjects because us ladies and men and all people of, of you know, a treacherous journey with food and body probably know what it feels like to not have the best digestion, to have Um, digestion symptoms that are calling to us and it is very frustrating when we cannot digest food especially when we're working on healing our relationships with food in our bodies because digestion symptoms can impact both of those things right like we are in this mental space where we're healing our relationship with food and body but our digestion is talking back to us, maybe in a way that doesn't feel good. And it can be very, it can feel like life is not affirming your recovery or your journey when the digestion is acting up. So I'm going to call this episode Healthy Digestion 101. I'm going to be giving you my ideas as a coach, as a healer, as somebody who personally has overcome this on digestion. Um, I was pretty hopeless a couple years ago, was experiencing terrible digestion symptoms and felt like, okay, this is just going to be my life. Honestly, it got, it got pretty low, got pretty bad. So hugs to you if that's where you're at. Um, honestly, this episode's for anyone experiencing difficulties with their digestion. Um, I'm going to cater a little bit more to those in recovery or on a healing journey with food and body image, but anyone with digestion symptoms can benefit from this episode. Okay, let's get started. Digestion issues include a variety of symptoms such as heartburn, bloating, indigestion, constipation, diarrhea, sometimes both alternating, food intolerances, and more. That's right. Food intolerances in my book are a symptom of a digestion digestion problem, meaning a food intolerance is not the root problem. So if you have a food intolerance, unless it's a food allergy, I'm talking like um, a general food intolerance, not a food allergy, then that is most likely a symptom of a root problem. So this sucks because you know, when we have bad digestion, we don't feel grounded. Our EDs are affirmed. We feel embarrassed. We often isolate because it's just uncomfortable or we don't want to get dressed in some social clothes or talk to people when we feel bad and it's uncomfortable. It just doesn't feel good. So it sucks. Just affirming that it sucks. That was that the point of me saying all that. So my approach to digestion, like I mentioned, is similar to a missing period or a headache or something that's like a symptom. It's a sign of a root problem. In eating disorder recovery, it is more common than not to experience digestive distress. 
In fact, there was a study that showed that 98% of people with eating disorders had a functional gut disorder. So healing digestion is almost like a recovery challenge in my book. It is a messenger that is asking us to do a life review. It's asking us to take a new path um, or continue on a new path if we've already started one. So let's listen to the story that digestion is trying to tell us, right? That's the challenge. I want to go through a list of possible reasons why um, digestion is acting up, and then I'm going to elaborate on them individually. These are not in any particular order. Chronic stress, acute stress, increased sensitivity and awareness of your gut function, gastroparesis, a weakened gut microbiome, or poor gut immunity, low stomach acid, leaky gut, muscular atrophy, food sensitivities, meal timing, and emotional holding. Okay, so those are the reasons I came up with. There are more than that, and sometimes we have more than one, so I just want to clear that up. Um, so let's start to go through them one by one. Number one is chronic stress. This probably isn't surprising to you that chronic stress is bad for the body and it's bad for the digestion. So stress slows down blood flow to digestion. It impacts your gut functionality. It impacts enzyme output, stomach acid regulation, nutrient absorption, how much oxygen you have in your gut, and so, so, so much more. When the body has been in an adapted metabolic state through restricting, not getting enough nutrients, whatever it might be, even just chronic life stress, that in itself is chronic stress. And the gut-brain axis stops communicating with the digestion system in the healthiest way because your body does not feel safe or have enough energy to allocate for extra things like healthy hormones and healthy gut. So just like when our periods, if you are a menstruating person, if your period stops and you stop ovulating, your gut, brain, ovarian, pituitary axis, meaning the communication between your brain and the rest of your endocrine system, stops. It your body stops ovulating. Your body says no more period. We're not safe. There's the same exact thing happens with digestion. And I think a lot of people miss that mark because, um, it feels like digestion is like essential for life. You know, I think a lot of us hear people say things like, well, when you're restricting the non-important things shut off, like your hands get cold and your period goes missing and in reality, like healthy digestion falls into that category. So, um, yeah, just chronic stress is just the gut, the gut brain axis just stops communicating. Um, and another component of chronic stress that impacts digestion is eating under stress, meaning, um, while you're eating, you just are in a stressed state of mind, whether that be because you have harmful beliefs about yourself 
and or the food you're eating, for example, I'm not worthy of eating. Like you're not going to digest that food well. Or this food will make me sick. If you have fears about like, let's say dairy or gluten, which are common food that foods that we avoid, this gluten will make me sick. This dairy will make me sick. If you have that belief about yourself um, or this food will make me bloated is another one. Anything like that, um, you know, any toxic belief about yourself or the food you're eating is chronic stress is a stress that will impact your digestion specific, specifically in that moment. So I think we all know what it feels like to eat food in a state where we're not really grounded. Like if we're eating it in the car or on the go or on an airplane or quickly, you know, while we're working, our digestion is often impacted in a negative way because we're just not really able to ground ourselves. So something I ask almost all of my clients to do and have to remind myself to do a lot is to take a moment to take some deep breaths before eating, especially if you are feeling like you're definitely in a state of stress. Like I think most of us know what it feels like when our body just has a lot of extra stress running through it. If you're in a state like that, um, or if you're eating a meal or a food that feels very stressful for you, take a few moments, take a like five deep breaths. You can even take one deep breath. Say some gratitude for the food. Acknowledge that you're doing something so good for your body by eating and you're doing something good for your gut health, right? Like, so that's something I would love for you to try and do if you are a fast eater or if you're just somebody who eats under stress a lot. So how do we heal chronic stress? Uh, it's difficult. There, Like I said, we can do some grounding before mealtime and just in general in our lives, taking time for some self-care, whatever that means for you. Um, and then just eating enough food is innately going to make us more resilient to stress. So when we are in an adapted metabolic state, our stress response is just not there. You know, we're not resilient um, and we're not able to, our body's not really able to like handle that stress. So just by eating more, eating enough, nourishing your body, you know, continuing on your healing journey, the chronic stress will eventually leave. <laughs> um, obviously there's, if you, you know, have things in your life that are in your control, like if you absolutely hate your job and you're just being completely mistreated in your job or in a relationship, or there's just something toxic going on in your life that's adding to stress and you're able to leave, that's something to, to consider. Okay, next we have acute stress. So, um, I'm some of the some of this can also be considered chronic stress. This is just like specifically with digestion here. I'm talking about people who are eating too fast, people who are eating too slow, stressful life events, being sick, moving, getting seeing people in your life get separated, seeing um, having some a death in your life. So this is acute stress, you know, something like that. Having, being sick, having some sort of illness, um, all that is stressful for the body and can result in digestion symptoms. So during that acute stress, you know, during those times, I think it's just important to be really mindful again about self-care, taking time for yourself and minimizing stress where you can. So skipping the gym, not going on the extra walks, not taking on more in life, maybe setting up more strict boundaries, saying no more, 
and just allowing yourself to kind of do nothing is it's where it's at. It's where is whoa. It's where it's at. <laughs> the next point is increased sensitivity and awareness of gut function. So it's interesting because people with um, eating disorders, people on a healing journey, are often it's sensitive to their gut health. They have a higher level of awareness of how their gut and their body is functioning. So, I mean, I've heard so many times people say something like, oh my gosh, my friend, my friend told me she hadn't, she hadn't pooped in a week and she just acted like nothing was wrong or like, she just was like, oh yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable. Whereas some of us listening, we might not go to the bathroom in our normal time, like for one day or for hours, you know, and we would feel absolutely so stressed about it. So those of us in this situation often just have increased sensitivity and awareness of how our gut is functioning. And I think that can kind of tie back into the chronic stress point, really. I mean, all of these will could, but that increased sensitivity is biological. Like there's literally more nerve endings in those of us with functional gut disorders. And on top of that, like I said, those of us with food and body challenges are just more aware of how our body looks and how our body um, functions. And when I say aware, really what I mean is more critical of how our body looks and functions. So if this is something that you have, like if you just feel like you cannot have a good day, you cannot have a productive day, if your digestion is not right, then yes, there's a every reason to complain and how can you deal with that? You know, can you just still be productive, still make your bed, still go for your walk, still eat your meals, even though your digestion is not perfect? This point hit me hard. This point is like, I'm talking to myself right now. This like saved my life. It was just like doing life, even though I didn't have a perfect gut day, whatever that means, like just deleting the word perfect gut day from my vocabulary, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just thinking like, go for your walk and just toot it out. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to just lay in bed all day. So that's what I'm going to say there. Wow. We're really open on this podcast, aren't we? Okay. The next point I have is gastroparesis. Gastroparesis is a condition or it's a state of gut health where your gut actually slows down motility. It's also called delayed gastric emptying. And essentially your gut, just the food slows down. So um, you have a slower or halted movement of food from your stomach to your small intestine. Um, And that is a hard place to be because it's uncomfortable. It's very, very, very common in those of us with restrictive eating disorders. So that is something that you might need medication for. That's something you can talk to your GI doctor about. There are herbal medications, prescription medications, and that's an interesting area to explore. I'm not really going to speak more on gastroparesis just because I'm not a doctor, um, but it's something that you could talk to a doctor about and um, can maybe get some relief from their advice. It is also something I will say that um, it doesn't always need medication, right? There's just by healing our 
disordered relationship with food and eating enough, we can really work towards healing that uh, as well. But I, like I said, if it's something you struggle with, then definitely get it checked out. Okay, the next point is a weakened gut microbiome. The microbiome is popular. She is just all the rage right now. We have tons and tons of bacteria in our guts and they can just get out of whack. We can have too many pathogenic bacteria or too many bad bacteria. We can not have enough good bacteria, whatever it might be. Um, it's really, really interesting how powerful the gut microbiome is and has a huge impact on our health in general, not just for our gut health. It's a fascinating topic. There's tons of podcasts about the gut microbiome. I'm not going to go too far into it. It's just, it's, it's honestly a beautiful and amazing and really complicated science. <laughs> so, um, those of us, however, there have been studies have shown that those with anorexia, uh, have a weakened gut microbiome typically. So that's definitely something to consider. Um, and the key way to really heal that is feeding those gut microbiome, feeding your bacteria and your body with a variety of foods. So incorporating a variety of foods, you know, you can take a probiotic if you talk to your doctor about it, or if you'd like to try and experiment. Although I'm more so on in alignment with eating probiotic rich foods like yogurts, kefir, sauerkraut, fermented foods, anything that's fermented can be really good um, for your gut microbiome. I think it's important just to experiment here and give yourself some time and really assess whether it's a good idea for you to take them or not. Because later down on my list, I'm going to actually share uh, why you maybe should not have variety in your in your um, diet when you're trying to recover from gut issues. So this is a really personalized situation. And, um, you know, I would again talk to your GI doctor about the gut microbiome, they might have good um, probiotic recommendations for you. There's actually a clinical guide to probiotic products in the U.S. Um, I think there might be some other ones as well too in other countries, but you can go to the usprobioticguide.com and you can try and locate or find a probiotic that might be best for you. Specifically, there's a something called adult um, health and you can click on that thing and click, you can click on adult health and see some options for you that could be good depending on the symptoms that you have. So just something to think about. Um, it's again, kind of overwhelming. So get some support here and maybe talk to your doctor about it. And again, just feeding your body, like your gut microbiome in theory will, should be healthy enough to even itself out. So you don't necessarily need to go and find all these supplements and things for your gut. I want us to also remember that if we just give our body a safety and enough foods and variety at times, our gut microbiome can really heal on its own. We don't necessarily need to spend tons of money to, uh, on probiotics and stuff like that. The next point is poor gut immunity. This again is just something that happens when we are in chronic stress, chronic restriction, and similar to the healing the gut microbiome, it is often just about healing your body in general. It's more of a holistic thing in my opinion. I mean, you can definitely take immune boosting supplements if it's something that you talk to your doctor about and you get 
the clear for. I personally really enjoy having uh, immune boosting foods because it's a whole food and it's also got fiber and electrolytes and stuff. So that includes citrus fruits, grapefruits, oranges, lemons, limes, um, peppers, garlic, ginger, um, leafy greens. You can try some nuts or seeds. Um, turmeric is a great one. Um, tropical fruits, kiwis, poultry, shellfish, lots of foods include um, vitamin C and, and zinc and immune boosting and immune boosting uh, things. So that's something to also consider. And then low stomach acid and leaky gut are just some gut functional gut disorders. Low stomach acid can happen when um, our body's just a little bit out of balance and there are some supplements you can take for low stomach acid. Again, not something I really am gonna go into personally as a coach, I'm not a doctor. Something to consider though, talking to your doctor about. Leaky gut is a kind of a newer buzzy term. Um, it is when your gut lining is more permeable and um, some foods can cause an immune reaction because your gut lining, I mean, it's it's rid it's got some leaks in it essentially. That sounds like scarier than it actually is. I think the naming of it is, I don't know who named it, but bad job, right? <laughs> but it's um it can cause an immune response. And again, that is something that you can talk to a functional doctor about or somebody who knows a little bit more about healing that. Just speaking from my own experience, some things that can help with leaky gut are aloe vera juice, aloe vera leaf juice, um, licorice root, uh, can heal over time as you just heal your body and heal your metabolism. Muscular atrophy is the next point. So that's the shrinking of the stomach and then weakening of the muscle lining of the colon. Okay. I cannot tell you how many times my clients have talked to me and I had my own experience with this too, about they just feel so full, so fast. Their stomach just is literally shrunk from restriction or just, just their cues are all over the place. But muscular atrophy is common because our muscle is a highly metabolic tissue. It takes a lot of work to maintain muscle. We need a lot of food. We need resistance to maintain muscular muscles in our body. You know, it's not easy to have a muscular body. And um, muscles are also on the inside. I'm not talking just about biceps and glutes and shoulders and legs. I'm talking about your stomach and the muscle lining of your colon. So what happens is those just shrink and those weaken and that is makes it hard to digest food. So I've said this before, but food is, you can kind of think of it in a weird way, kind of like weights for your insides where you need to have that food to allow your body to really work and to get those muscles to start to get stronger and work well again. So it's really difficult to be in this place because when our stomach has shrunk or when our muscle lining of our colon is weakened, it doesn't feel very comfortable. It's not comfortable to eat. It's not comfortable to feel super full, super fast. It's just one of those things that it like, it's that eating disorder energy that you have to just give yourself that time, give yourself that love. Even though it's uncomfortable, it is how we mitigate the years or months of eating disorder stress that your body has been under. 
Okay, the next point is food sensitivities. Now, <laughs> this is a little bit different than you might think. I'm not talking about food sensitivities like you should stop eating dairy or stop eating gluten. I'm talking about too much fiber and or not eating food groups for a certain amount of time. Okay, so earlier when I was talking about the gut microbiome, I was talking about variety, which is really important. If it's too much for you to digest raw veggies or a variety of veggies and fruits or just a variety of foods, you are probably eating too much fiber right now. And there just might be too much roughage, especially insoluble fiber, which is fiber from like fruits and vegetables and like the rough fiber. It doesn't dissolve in water. You might be just eating too much fiber, too many high volume foods, which I know is common in those of us with a disordered relationship with food, we, we might just fill up our plates or our bowls with like huge salads and tons of fruits and veggies and raw fruits and veggies. And because we want to be eating, right? It's cathartic to eat big meals. We, we want big meals, but we don't want the density. So we'll, we're opt for, you know, really low calorie, low energy, fibrous fruits and vegetables, which in a excess and when our body is not in a state where it's healthy enough to digest that stuff is actually probably making your digestion worse. So we got to dial it back. We got to dial it back to those like foods that are just easy on the body. So foods like white bread or white rice, like white rice and brown rice and brown breads and whole wheats, whole wheat and whole grains are they have more fiber. It has more of a rigid plant wall. So having the easier to digest pastas, not the lentil pasta, but like plain old white pasta, plain old bread, um, you know, eggs, like proteins, like eating foods that are not too fibrous can be, those can be really good swaps while you're healing your body. It's kind of surprising how much better you might feel with eating these quote, because I don't actually believe this, but you know, more like processed foods or, um, foods that might not seem as healthy to the average person, your body just might need that. It just needs a break. So that's something to keep in mind. And then the other component of this point is not eating food groups for certain amounts of time. So I didn't eat gluten for like a year. And when I incorporated gluten again, my stomach kind of hurt, but what really stressed me out was just continuing to not eat it and having this toxic belief about gluten that I was just not going to be okay. So when I started to eat gluten, I started to incorporate it more slowly again. And then over time I was like, oh, okay. Like my body can definitely digest this. And same with any other food that you're not eating for a certain amount of time, like introduce it slowly, take your time with it, and then release yourself from any expectations of what's going to happen to you when you eat that food or not really releasing the expectations and allowing yourself to experience the food almost as if you're experiencing it for a first time, kind of like a baby. Like I want you to think of yourself like a baby here, a baby who has solid food for the first time or a certain type of food for the first time, isn't probably going to digest it as easily as a baby who's had it for a while. So you can think of yourself like re-nourishing yourself like a child and in a kind of creepy, sweet way, you can reintroduce these foods into your life. So um, definitely recommend doing that if you would like, um, because I don't want, the last thing I want is for somebody to not be eating dairy for like 
a year or something like that, or even months, honestly, it doesn't take that long for your body to stop producing enzymes, not eating dairy for like a month or two, and then having a big bowl of ice cream and being like, oh, I, I was right. Like the dairy made my stomach hurt. It's like, yeah, you know, you haven't eaten it for a long time. So you have to reintroduce it slowly or just deal with the discomfort. Um, and it's, it's really being patient with it and allowing your body to reacclimate to the newer foods. Okay. The next point is meal timing. And then what I mean by this really is regular eating. So no intermittent fasting, no, nothing like that. We need regular meals, breakfast, snacks, lunch, snacks, dinner, snacks, you know, make a song out of it. We need to be eating regularly in order to have functional gut. Uh, We need to give ourselves stable blood sugar, eating every few hours. If you are out and about getting a snack, getting a meal, bringing snacks with you, super important to be eating regularly, even, especially even, and when you're not having good digestion, you still need to be eating regularly and eating enough food. That's very important. And That will help your digestion, even though it might feel wrong and it might feel bad to eat when your digestion is acting up. It is super important. The last point that I mentioned is emotional holding. What I mean by this is we store our emotions in our body. We have a somatic body. Um, I think a lot of people know, like when you like relax your shoulders, like let's all take a moment to relax our shoulders. Mm, Feels interesting, right? We hold a lot of stress in our shoulders. We also hold a lot of stress and emotions, different emotions in our digestion. So our digestion is just very prone to feeling emotions. A lot of people say our gut is our second brain. There's neurotransmitters in our digestion. There's serotonin in our digestion. So We have emotional turmoil in our digestion digestion tract. So it's so important to treat your body with respect. And a lot of times in my experience, there is just emotional trauma happening within the gut. And perhaps there's something that needs to be digested in our lives, meaning like, Maybe there's just something going on in your life that's just not quite right and your digestion is acting up as a placeholder, as a sign that you need to be addressing something else in your life. So perhaps your digestion symptoms have actually nothing to do with the physiology of your digestion, digestive organs. Perhaps it has something to do with your mindset, your mental space, Perhaps it has something to do with your family, with your sex life, with your job, with your relationship, something that's just not quite right in your life. You know what I mean? There's maybe something else going on and the digestion is just sensitive and it's telling you that there's something that you need to address in your life. This is especially true for those people who are trying all these things to heal their gut and then they're even more stressed out they're even more sad they're even more depressed they're even more angry because it's not working emotionally 
holding in your digestion is so, so common. I feel like anyone listening to this can resonate with this point. I can resonate with this point at times. And so something I like to do is just get a hot water bottle or a heating pad with not, not too hot. I don't want you to burn yourself when putting it on your stomach, when your digestion is acting up or when you feel overly emotional, high emotion, and just meditating, listening to nice music, taking some deep breaths and allowing the emotions to just exit your body or have a conversation with somebody, do some, do whatever you need to do to get those out. Um, I'm going to have an amazing guest on her name is Teresa. She does EFT tapping, which is a really, really interesting, um, concept to me. And I'm really excited to have her on. And that's something that you could potentially look into, there's also tons of like somatic healers. You could try acupuncture. You could try massage. You could try physiotherapy. Um, you could try cupping. I've actually never tried that. I really would love to try that. But yeah, you can try anything um, here in journaling. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, some free things, journaling, breathing, taking a shower, anything that helps you emotionally regulate. Another thing I'm thinking is, writing out your core beliefs, your toxic beliefs about yourself and just getting those out and talking to somebody about it is so beneficial. So that's my my take on emotional holding. I could have a whole episode about emotional holding when it comes to di- digestion, but I'll leave it there for now. So that was a lot of information. So take a deep breath and whatever resonated with you most, start there. You can always go back and listen to this episode again and decide what you want to do. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening, for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate y'all and I look forward to coming back next week. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you leave me a rating and a review and, um, yeah, happy, happy August. We're here nearing the end of summer. So I'm hoping everyone is having a good transition back to school if you're in school or just having some final fun little vacations and enjoying those. Let me know um, if you enjoyed this episode and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye.